All right, here we go, Bradford Show, live from JetBlue Park. You know, this guy who's with me, all he wanted to do was sit in the Red Sox broadcast booth. All he wanted to do as a little kid growing up in Brookline was be Joe Castiglione's right-hand man, Sam Kennedy. Is that, am I wrong? Brad Foe, uh, no, I didn't, I couldn't dream that big. Come on, that's, that's um, ridiculous, but it is great to be down here in is, the well, sunshine yeah. Yeah, of and is. kicking the season off, and here we go. Uh, and, and by the way, Joe disowned you for a year when you were with the Yankees, and so it's, uh, but it's well, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get an internship with the Red Sox, so, you know, what, what are you going to do? What Man, are you going to do? Circle of life, you and yeah. Rob Ref Snyder. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, Sam, I, thanks so much for coming up. And I know that you've been answering a lot of questions uh, all today. Um, and uh, first of all, if you want to talk trash to the Yankees at all, if you, no, no, you don't want, you don't want to keep I, going. I think that would be ill-advised. It's only on the at, Greg Hill Show. At, at this juncture. Um, I, you know, I, I did see Cashman. Uh, the winter meetings and you know he said we're gonna, we're gonna mix it up this year we're gonna yeah. get into it let's have some fun with that so um it's uh listen let's let's hope we are going at it with those guys all year we're in a position to talk trash i did see doogie earlier and he's ready to talk trash is he, he oh yeah doogie's ready to go Ooh, i like this doogie's, there's not enough trash talking doogie is ready to go he had the the grills and he loves jewelry and he's he loves the energy but what is it, it like is his trash talking right now like mexico versus the netherlands i mean, <laughs> is, I mean we have to get red Sox trash talk, i am though. excited for dominican uh, puerto rico over miami i'm going to that game it's going to be fantastic excited about world baseball classic in general all the guys are playing now they want to be there so it's, it's great for the sport yeah it's a, it's a whole conversation um and but you know we can get to that later but it's the here and the now um today to set the scene sort of uh, today you know you, you had the team meeting which we're going to get to in a second uh which is always an interesting thing we had i remember talking to tori lovello in the off season on the baseballs and boring podcast and we said hey listen you know at that point correa was going to the giants you have the dodgers you have the padres i said tory give me your speech give me your speech heading into the, like that first day and he gave it to it he's like they let them spend all the money let them spend all the money okay so this <laughs> this this here verbatim the transcript of the speech today by the way I, before we get into that i was just talking about tory lavello earlier because he was kind of the unsung hero of 2013. Mm. We're approaching the 10-year anniversary of that magical year. And I don't think anybody brought more of a sense of calm to spring training that year and the organization and preparation uh, or humanity. I mean, this guy, he knew when to give a guy a hug. He knew oh, when to joke. Great. I mean, he's really, really, really and a special Cubs person. The, and, and, you know, the Cubs were like, they tried to hire yeah. him. And that yeah, so I, I certainly did not give a Tori Lovello no? uh, type speech. You, you didn't do at, the Rudy, get him in the box? At, no? At, at Alex did, though. He was amazing. But the MVP, the MVP of the team meeting was none other than Pam Ken. Ooh. She was extraordinary. She talked about what it meant to be a member of the Boston Red Sox and how important it is to give back and at the end of the day be a good person and she talked about dustin who was in the room and louis tion and jim rice and rich gedman and she talked about ownership and and alex and people who have come to boston um and not experienced the market before because we got a lot of new guys and how important it is to get involved in this community and how it will come back to you in so many ways pam was outstanding uh in terms of the message from the front office and ownership i just wanted to make sure remind the existing the guys that have been here and then the new guys that 
our job in the front office, you see all these people around you. There's a lot of people not in uniform, and we're here for one reason, and that's to support you guys. Um, and really, it's about putting the players in the position to be successful. We have no other job than that. That is our job in the front office. This game has always been about the players. Uh, we have to celebrate them, support them, build them up, help them adjust to Boston because it is an adjustment. And this is my 22nd year here, and we will always put the players at the forefront of everything we do. So Cora obviously speaks. Cora is the, if you're going to, like you said, you, your job is to sort of set the scene. We're here for you. If you need anything, let us know. Um, John Henry didn't speak, Cora said. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Yeah, John was there. And, and Tom Warner to was not there today. Correct. He's, yep. A lot of times he is there, but yep. he wasn't there today. Yep. Um, but Cora is the fire and brimstone, and you've been through a few of these with Cora. Tell me a little bit about how this one might have been a little bit different because I think Cora, the initial Cora, which it worked out in 2018, it's like, we're going to show the world, we're going to show the world, so forth and so on. Yeah. How was, one, was this one different? I thought it was uh, incredibly impressive and in tune with what's going on uh, around him and around this team, which is we need to, we need to stop worrying about last year for sure, but we need to stop worrying about next month or two months or three months from now. Let's just be better today, tomorrow, and let's put ourselves in a position to be right in the thick of this thing. And we can start talking about postseason and, and World Series championships another another day. But right now, it's about being better in the moment because we know we have the talent in this room and we know that this is a team that can contend if we're healthy and we do the right things. And then I'll, I'll, I'll let him uh, share any other thoughts he had. But that was the high-level message, but he made some incredibly powerful comments about existing players in the room and, and how he felt about them and, and what they mean to this group. New guys and guys that have been here for a while, it was a, it was a great, great meeting. Is there, you said, one of the things you just said, we know we have the talent. And that might be true, but it is a different dynamic walking in that clubhouse, walking in that room than I've ever experienced with the Boston Red Sox. In other words, like there isn't the marquee guy's name. And let's say that you can't win, but that is a reality. Is there going to be half to, more so than ever, uh, not sell these guys? We do have the talent. Because let's be honest, it's a different way of doing things. Yeah. But you, and we aren't even getting into the fan base and selling the fan base, but I'm talking about selling the players. Do you think that the players sit, look around that room and say, we think we have the talent, but we're going to have to see, or we know we have the talent? Yeah, it's the, it's the latter. They know they have the talent. There is no doubt that this group believes in themselves. And um, it's early, but let's be honest. They have a chip on their shoulder. Last year was difficult, and we fell short. And so the guys that were here uh, were disappointed in the way things went. Um, and the guys who are coming in from uh, other environments, I, I'm really excited about the guys we brought in because they are guys who want to be in Boston. They are seeking out an environment like this at their at this stage of their career. Um, so that's great. But we need to, in the front office, we, we don't need to sell the public on this team. They, but you do, they, though. No, we don't, because uh, these guys are going to do it. These guys are going to do the talking. We've done enough talking in the offseason. <laughs> uh, people don't need to hear from us anymore. There is nothing that we can say or do. We need to start playing games, and we need to start playing competitive games and get off to a good start right from the beginning, and the rest will take care of itself. But, no, there is a belief uh, with the coaching staff and with the players. And, honestly, Brad Foe, that's what matters. It doesn't matter what we think in the in the front office and the executive ranks, the ownership. It, 
that doesn't matter. What matters is that these guys believe in themselves uh, because it's hard playing at this level. Yeah, and if, and it, if there's that belief, we're gonna be we're gonna be in good shape. I don't disagree with you. I mean, winning. If you win, let's go back to 2013. You win. You know, not a lot of people believed in that team. The difference is obviously. I mean, I think that you had more of a foundation of proven players of marquee players. Why you bought it in the Victorinos and Rosses and Dempsters and so forth and so on. But I and I didn't mean to interrupt, but. My point is, is that you're right. I mean, you guys have, you guys can talk and it doesn't make a difference. But when I say you've got to sell to the fan base, I'm talking about business wise. I mean, and this is the, the part of it, which we can't ignore, especially from your perspective, you got to fill Fenway. You got to get people listening. You got to get people watching and you're right. Winning ultimately will lead to the people coming to do that. But there is going to be a challenge out of the gate because there isn't the built-in, here's the five guys in the media guide and everyone come see him, right? Yeah, yeah. no, that's fair. And I, I think um, at the end of the day that – Sorry, we got some. We got we got some. We got some raucous fans yeah, out I mean, there, Brad. Following you everywhere. Jeez, geez, they're, they're, they're everywhere at JetBlue. Uh, they're here for you. They want the t-shirts. They well, want the boy, baseball is important t-shirts. Uh, who, who doesn't? Uh, no, you look. You're you're right about that in terms of marquee names and you know headline splash moves in the off season. Um, but what High and Bloom and Brian O'Halloran and Eddie and Raquel and Croc and the group have put together, hopefully, hopefully, is a team that is deeper, a team uh, that that can complement each other well, that we have a starting rotation with a lot of experience, um, and hopefully some of the veteran guys we brought in will bring uh, some energy and life and, and leadership to a clubhouse that obviously needed it last year. We didn't get it done last year. So, um, look, we're, we, have a, we have a lot of work to do to gain support and trust and, and, and credibility back. Um, but boy, do we see it from 20 into 21 again, people, you know, they say, oh, you're so optimistic. Why are you so happy? I'm like, well, guess what? Optimism. And first of all, it's 80 degrees out. It, it's, yeah. it's, it's spring training. There yeah, you go. But op- let me tell you something. I haven't been here for 22 years. What gets teams going is optimism, positivity, proactivity. What are you going to look back on the past and be upset about what happened in 2022? No, we're focused on the future. We know we have guys that can get it done, and, and we're excited to, to let them go out and, and do it. Having been here 22 years, you, you've seen all sorts of, of, of different clubs, and there have been some years where you know, you've had high, high expectations going in, uh, and we've fallen short. Other years, there's been no expectations. So, look, we'll, we'll let other people prognosticate projections. We know they're always wrong. Um, they just are. <laughs> But that's okay. That's what makes the sports business great. That's what that's what we do in the sports industry. We project. Um, we make uh, educated guesses about how teams are going to do. Our job is to is to now put these guys in the right position. We 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 guess we stay healthy, and I think we'll be right in this thing. I want to talk about today um, because I I have to ask about it's a different dynamic. Like you said, everything's different. Walking in that clubhouse, it's different. I'm not saying it can't work. And you said, I, I, it's, same for you. You've been around longer than anybody. And so you've seen, usually you walk in that clubhouse, there's a lot of marquee names and so forth and so on. There was always a way to do things, not a way, a way that things were done. Including, by the way, the owners talked every year. That hasn't, obviously doesn't happen. They took a different approach this year. And they basically said to a few reporters here, if you want to submit your questions to John Henry, he'll answer them. And then maybe some other reporters down the line, they can answer, answer, ask them as well. 
that was sort of to get John Henry talking because I and I think he just got to the point where he didn't like doing the bench anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, am I am I and 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 here's the thing, Sam. I'll let you talk in a second, but like I get it. I get it because he's an honest guy. I love how genuine J- John Henry is. He's an honest guy, um, but it it is it's sad to me that we can't just like have sort of like this genuine honest guy sit at the bench and, and ask, answer questions. Cause I think that that's what's good. Yeah. I mean, that's a good thing. Yeah. Listen, um, traditions in baseball are important. And I know that there's a feeling that, Oh, it's, it's spring trading, you know, ownership's going to sit on a bench. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of, kind of funny if yeah. you think about it, but um, to me, being an accountable owner um, is investing into your club, investing into your venue, investing into your community. Um, John Henry, Tom Werner, Mike Gordon, the Fenway Sports Group have done that uh, with great success over 21 years. We know that we fell short last year. That's why there's all this talk. We had no, we had none of this discussion coming out of 2021, mm-hmm. right? So it's pretty much a zero-sum game, and we can debate we can argue it we can sit on a bench and go back and forth and it, try man. yeah you could listen i understand you know like sparring and jabbing and sound bites are fun for certain members of the media but from the red sox perspective from john henry's perspective from tom warner's perspective from my perspective it's about the players and putting the players in the best spot to be successful it's not about us it's about the red sox it's about the ballpark guess what the red sox are going to be here long after Mm -hmm. we're gone uh so our job is to continue to invest into this team into the ballpark into the community that's what we're going to keep doing Uh, john tom they are accessible they're accessible in different ways maybe it's email maybe it's phone calls maybe it's interaction I don't know. Um, Dan, I saw Dan Roach. I saw Dan Roach. Over three. I saw Dan Roach get an exclusive <laughs> interview today. So I don't know. I'm just saying. Oh, really? you know, maybe, maybe, well, maybe, I mean, maybe different outlets need to work a little bit harder. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Oh, don't, now you're getting my like lower the heart rate. I mean, like Sorry. now you get my blood Sorry. boiling because I mean, honestly, this is this is the thing is that I just I've always enjoyed my conversations with John. Like I've always enjoyed them, and I and I find them honest. And yes. There are going to be things I talked to him in London where he said he wanted to blow up, you know, maybe we should have blown up the team and fine. But here's the thing in those select emails that he got, people pick things out of that too. It's fine. Sure. And it's I'm true. not, listen, I'm not asking you're, you shouldn't speak for John Henry, how they do things. You're accountable. You're here. You're doing the things and you're right. It's going to come down to winning and losing. I think in the meantime, until they sort of get out of last place, um, everybody wants you know, some sort of answers from every corner of the world. I'm not sure I agree with you. No? I'm not. No, I'm not sure that every single Red Sox fan could really cares that much at every single day about whether ownership is talking or not. In fact, I think they care about the players. I think they care about wins and losses. I think they care about their experiences at Fenway. I think they care about are we doing the right things in the community? Yes. Do they want to know that John Henry and Tom Werner are absolutely committed to this Red Sox team? Yes, they do. Um, And they are. And they have let their actions speak a lot louder than their words. You and I grew up here. You and I know what it was like to be around this franchise for decades prior to John Henry and Tom I'm not arguing. No, no. And we're not arguing. I'm just just putting it out there that I really don't think that, that our fans, who are the best fans in the world, care that much about whether John Henry or Tom Werner is on a bench 
sparring with Dan Shaughnessy at spring training. I really don't think they care that much. I really don't. I mean, I, I don't think it's any different than uh, – I mean, you're, you're right. Like, overall, it's not important that he does it all the time. But I think much like Robert Kraft, when things go bad, this is just how sports is. I mean, like you said, you grew up here. This is how sports is. When Jacobs weren't available for the Bruins, people were mad. Like, yeah. where are the Jacobs? So, you're right. The, the fans aren't clamoring like the, to have this happen <laughs> all the time. But there is sort of like, this is the, when you're bad, you have to check off this box of the guy at the top coming down. That's what I think people are talking about. Yeah, and boy, did we, did, were, were we um, subjected to some real fan feedback at winter weekend in, in Springfield? I mean, John was right there. I was he was right good. There. I mean, that was, I, I, I applaud him for being there. Yeah, I mean, I mean listen, it goes with the territory. Yeah. John grew up in the Yankees organization, right? He grew up in George Steinbrenner. He, he gets it. He gets it. This guy's been uh, involved in baseball uh, for many, many decades. Tom as well. I don't want to. I don't want to date them, but I think collectively I they've could, got Wikipedia 60, shows how old 60, they are. 60, 70 years combined of a baseball. Which, experience. by the way, as Alice Cora said, John Henry owned the old uh, senior league. Senior league. Yeah, yeah. We were talking Dave about Dave Kingman. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it's funny, Bradfo. Last night we were at dinner with with John and, and, and Alex and Eddie and Raquel and Time and a few others, and there was a bunch of Yankee fans sitting a couple tables away, and they came over and said, "Oh my God, you guys have just killed us!" And it's just so funny to hear. The reaction, you know, from the other side. Um, so, look, there is nothing like baseball in Boston. The passion, the energy. We heard it all off season, um, and, and and that's why you want to be here because we we have been in other markets. You don't have this type of passion, this this energy um, and enthusiasm. And we know when things don't go well, you're going to get this negative reaction and that's on us we it's our fault when things don't go well it's our fault um and so we're in a position now where we need to earn back that trust and um that was what was not to belabor it but that was what was so disappointing about 2022 because i really felt um as a member of this this front office that 21 was such a great step mm. in the right direction. I, I personally have never felt Fenway Park the way I did for, for that one oh, game. Oh, the best playoff. crowd of all time was uh, the all, Yankees wild card one game. game play. It was it was unbelievable and that postseason was terrific and you know we had we beyond the COVID restrictions. Alex Cora was back. It was like, here we go. We come into 22. We make the deal with Trevor Story. And it's like, all right, we're really going to follow up what was a great year with another great year. And then it shows you what we know. The last <laughs> thing is, um, you're right. I mean, the, the in terms of the bottom line is investment in the team. And I think that not only financial investment, I think a big thing that helped the perception was the story about going down to Rafael Devers and, and all of that. That's, it's all good. So there's no arguing, and we've talked about this, no arguing that you guys have invested in this team because we've seen teams that haven't. There's a lot of battle in baseball right now over the, the like Steve Cohen versus the world, for lack of a better term. I'm just sort of anxious to get your thought on where you come down on this. At, at a team, well, it was just cited, I think, that um, – the Orioles, um, Angelos, well, the Angelos has like said slumped the Red Sox in a bunch of other teams of being like the, the biggest spenders, which you guys have been. But where do you come down on sort of that dynamic where you have Seidler, you have Cohen, and then you have this, and then you have boom, everybody else. <laughs> Look, it's um, it's no coincidence that um, the commissioner's office, you saw they've established um, a committee to look at the economic structure, because at the end of the day, 
we have to create a system where interests are aligned and we're working together to grow the revenues of the sport um, with the players and the ownership groups and the front offices. I think we were 11, 12 billion in revenue or something, which is good. We got back from, from pre-COVID uh, or back to pre-COVID levels. I think the NFL is 20, 20, maybe 20, on their way to $25 billion in revenue. So we're chasing, we're chasing the NFL. Um, and uh, look, Steve Cohen, Peter Seidler, John Henry, they're, they're playing within the rules. Um, there's a system set up, and it's on us to, to do the best we possibly can by our fans within the rules. Uh, if the system changes, we'll adapt and, and we'll change. Um, but those, you know, those decisions are obviously made by the 30 uh, control owners of, of Major League Baseball. I know that the Red Sox will always have the resources to be competitive. We just have to make the right decisions mm. with those resources. Sure. Because uh, it's not just the player payroll, right? It's infrastructure, it's data, it's analytics. There's been an explosion of spending, not just within the Red Sox, but across all Major League Baseball. Um, and you hope that all that spending and all that infrastructure, all the analytics, all the medical, all the research leads to the best possible decision making. And when you have good decision making, you'll you'll get the best players on the field. Um, and we're right up there at the top of baseball in that category as well. But again, we got to go out and do it. Baseball isn't boring night at Fenway. It has to happen. <laughs> Let's right? do it. Well, it definitely, oh, it definitely is not boring. Well, it's not, you, you go. You're going to see our old friend Joe yeah, Kelly? Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to be both out in Arizona at the Innings lo- Festival. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, so buy, I'll give you a book for free. Uh, and Joe good. might sign That's it, good. too. And I go. might even read it. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> Chris Sale told me that he never read books, but he's going to read this one. Uh, all right. Hey, Sam, yeah. thank you so much. Thanks, thank Brad you for Phil. popping by. Good all right. That's Sam Kenny. We're way late. This is the Brad Show. We'll be back after this. You liked working in an office as an administrative assistant, but you hated going to the office. Now, here's the perfect job for you with Benning Construction. They are looking to hire an administrative assistant to work from home, answering phones, handling emails, processing expenses, and scheduling clients. The requirements for this job is computer literacy, good communication, and organization skills. This is a part-time job. For questions or to apply, text 404-301-9734. Benning Construction is an equal opportunity employer. I, I made you wait way too long. I'm sorry, but I there were some things that I just had to get to with Sam, and uh, and so I hope we got to them. Yeah, oh. look, it, it's it's important. It's not every day that you know you get to talk to the team president of the Boston Red Sox, or maybe it, it's more common for you. But I mean, it's not always as common that I get to sit and listen to it. So yeah, I'm well, all good. You know, I think that obviously the the most. Um, spirited part of that conversation was the john henry sitting on the bench thing and and you know listen i mean i appreciate sam's availability i appreciate you know a lot of things that he does and and but he's not going to get me off this point like when he says about the whole like all fans don't care if the owner well they kind of do number one and and by the way this is how it works when you're bad then you have to as you have to go to the straight tippity top and those person people have to answer the questions more than ever. And the the sad thing is, Kyrie, is that this whole bench dynamic, you know, the once a year in spring training, it's 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 all good, man. It's all good. They come out of it just fine. It's all good. Yeah. I mean so, and, and right, you do it once a year, you take whatever lumps you're gonna take, and then you're done. And you get to go back into hiding and you know, not worrying about it, and you could shut your brain off to the criticism if you want. Or or bask in the winning if you so desire if if that's how things are going, I I'm one of those people that 
and and I mean, I know this isn't necessarily always going to be a popular opinion in the media business, but I I feel like sometimes it can be a bit overrated when it comes to like media availability. Though maybe some of that is for for football in particular when there is so much media availability. When there like certain things like a player like doesn't want to talk after a game because like it was a bad game and they're mad or whatever like I've seen people like reporters get upset about that and and, like I don't necessarily subscribe to that but I do think that when it comes to ownership and and executives no do we need to hear from them all the time probably not but it does peeve me when there is such a disconnect between the, the the expectations that that fans have or, or like expectations of what people want a team to be and then you have people being like yeah well uh you know we are trying to give you what you want when your actions show that you aren't yeah and and the thing is is that it literally is once a year and it's, it's once a year and like you said do it step back and you've bought yourself that one time where you've talked in the year and there's there has been no expectation honestly after doing that spring training availability in any other year that there was going to be now he has talked in other years during the year but there's no expectation that he's going to talk just do that once a year uh, but like you said, particularly when you have a, a team that finished in last place, particularly when you have a team where there's like a lot of question marks yeah um, so I, I, I Sam's in a tough spot. Sam has been become the go between between John Henry and you know the 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 questions. And he came up to the booth. He answered the questions. I appreciate that. And and John Henry, this bizarre sort of we're gonna give some people a chance to ask questions on email. I that's I know what they're trying to do, but it just is is. And they can't control what John Henry wants to do and what he he's gonna do, right? But it would just make so much sense just sit on the bench and answer questions. So. Yeah, I mean the thing is like it's gonna be awkward, and you don't always want to be subjected to that awkwardness in person. It's easier to kind of have a liaison, whether the medium is literally like email, like a mechanical medium between you. He, well, and that's his thing. I mean, his thing is always e- and that it, it always email, like in always, always, always email. He always preferred email. I remember this. And is you going, can craft your response, right? right? You could take your time and you can craft a response and, you know, word it however you want to word it. And you know what else kind of this makes me think of when you talk about Sam Kennedy being that go between, it's almost like, the uh the the go between between like the quarterback and the offensive coordinator sometimes like for for teams where the quarterbacks coach is that guy so like back in the day when like Jay Cutler would be like mad at Mike Martz with with the Chicago Bears and he would be like yelling at Mike Martz would be mad about a play call he would be talking to the the quarterbacks coaches and tell him I said f him. It's like, but you're not saying that directly to the offensive coordinator because like there's that firewall between the two. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And it, it's, it's interesting because I brought up Kraft to Sam, you know, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, Kyrie. I mean, when people wanted Kraft to be out there, and he hadn't been out there for a while, um, but, you know, they wanted to hear from Robert Kraft when things were going off the rails a little bit, right? I mean, I'm, I'm not wrong in that, right? I mean, and look at what just happened. 
right? So after this wild year where the coaching staff was a complete mess, the team underachieves, the Crafts, I mean, Robert Kraft has been all up over the over owners' meetings and press releases and all kind of stuff, just getting out in front of this and being like, this is not acceptable. We are going to make some changes. And I think that there is a level of earnestness to Robert Kraft that whatever you think about executives and, and you know, executive speak, coach speak, whatever, I, I think there's an earnestness to Robert Kraft that I feel like fans appreciate, where you feel like he's a fan. Like, he is a fan of this team. He wants to see it do well. Now, if you want to talk about how that does well, like like how much money is being put into it and the business part, you could debate about that. But I feel like you can't debate that he loves the team and that he wants to see it do well. And he literally will sit up there and be like, it hurts when we don't go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and and that's another question I think that doesn't help John Henry. I believe he loves likes the team. But you go back to how it used to be when it comes to, you know, going after the guy. If they wanted a guy, they were going to get him. And also, but not being this perception of being distracted by all these different things is is a, a battle that he has to face. That is a reality. Liverpool, um, you know, Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, you, you name it, business ventures, whatever it is, much more, much less singular than it was when things were really rolling with the Red Sox. And and I'm never going to take it away from him uh, how many championships they've won and how much money they spent. But what we're talking about is the here and the now, and these are sort of the answers that you get, and it doesn't help when you don't take that approach of being out there like you always have been um, in a time where people have questions about, hey, you know what, are you truly as invested as you were before? Yeah. So and I 